Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Down. Pickle Park. A new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the and good day everybody welcome on in episode 148 of the talking friars podcast and youtube show ben fadden your host we got hog here special guest today to talk about this giants padre series that's going on uh that just finished and to preview that brave series there was a lot going on a lot going on in baseball a lot going on with the padres hog thanks so much for doing this Ben, thanks for having me on the show, man. You're doing awesome things in the community. We're all, we all have an eye on you and uh, very excited to talk shop with you about our Padres. A, a little bit of a lackluster end to this series, but lots to digest nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, just seeing, get some people in here real quick. Uh, love is everything. What's up? All right. So first off, let's, we'll just go kind of through the series here. Um, starting with game one, game two, uh, game sure. three. Um, and then obviously the Brave series starting tomorrow, which a lot of fans are probably excited about, you know, heading out to Tyco. Oh, um, but with the Giants, this series, I had expectations that they could win the series. I thought that this was a measuring stick. I think the Braves will be more of a measuring stick because it's a better team. Um, but starting off with game one, it was really interesting. I mean, Padres obviously got this win four to two, and that was their fourth straight win after losing on opening day and Nola hit a solo homer. Nick Martinez started that game, went five innings, gave up one run. 
walked only one guy. He was really solid. Your guy, Steven Wilson, was really good as well. Uh, he did have a wild pitch, but he's been he's been pretty solid. Uh, Martinez, awesome yeah, yeah, awesome today, yeah. Uh, Martinez got out of some jams. He struck out the side in the fourth, and I think 12 pitches. The changeup, the cutter were working well. Um, so first off, we can start with our impressions on Martinez so far. I mean, I had the opinion that this was an overpay, especially considering – that Preller gave him five and a half million dollars more post lockout than what it was pre lockout, uh, but right now it's looking pretty good. So, what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's an overpay. I just think the language of the contract doesn't give the team any leverage at all, right? Because if Nick Martinez has a bad year, he's just going to opt in his player option. I think it's a every year it's a player option for Nick Martinez in that four or five. Is it a four year deal, right? So every yeah. year. It's player option so it gives him leverage if he has a great year he's just going to opt out and get more money from another team if he has a bad year he's just going to opt in they're kind of hoping he falls in that little middle place where the only chances of the contract works out so i don't think it was a smart language of the contract but i mean you look at him in the, in the first game of the series it's not only the changeup that was devastating the cutter looked good he was jamming hitters you know he's cutter changeup cutter changeup cutter changeup and listen he got out of jams but good pitchers do you know they get out of jams and nick martinez looks it was ple pleasantly surprising, Ben. Uh, for somebody who's going to be in the, quote, back end of your rotation, you're seeing why now A.J. Peller had to make every single move in the starting rotation because we are already now with lackluster depth with, you know, Clevenger and Snell dealing with those situations. But I, I thought Nick Martinez wasn't an issue at all. I mean, if he gives us that kind of production, I'm not expecting that kind of production, but if he gives us you know, five, one, two, even three-run ball through five, it's a, it's a home run sign. Yeah, and you mentioned the contract. It's – it's a, definitely a player contract, but right now as fans, we got to hope that he pitches really well because we're trying to win this year, obviously. No doubt. And so you can't worry if he opts out. You know, if he opts out, okay, well, then that's another – you can fill that. I mean, you still have Gore coming up. You have Weather still here. There's other options. Uh, a Musgrove extension hopefully happens. Um, but there's other options. So right now you got to be worried about him producing right now this year. Uh Talking about, you know, what happened a little bit later in the game, Potters were up three to two in the seventh. Darren Ruff uh, robbed by Profar. This play was absolutely amazing. Got me pumped. I mean, this was – I was pretty, pretty excited uh, in my room watching this game. And this play, I'll show it here for the YouTube audience. It was like – I just couldn't believe that he got to this ball because – Obviously, Stammen, you saw his reaction. You, you probably thought it was over the fence. And so, I mean, here it is, Darren oh, yes. Ross. It's just Stammen middle, out. middle. And Profar in the gap somehow gets to it. And that saved the game, obviously. Did uh, you see Potter's, that stat, Ben? He, he, he ran 100 feet to get to that ball, which is feet. unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, with Profar playing left, wasn't the whole thing was like, okay, we're putting Profar on left, right, because he's not an outfielder. You know, at Petco, that's probably the least amount of ground that he's going to have to cover. Where here, in this play, he covered a whole lot of ground. And so, Profar, defensively, offensively, he's produced. And that makes Grisham and Myers, their performances worse. Uh, and look worse than they've probably have been. I know they've been terrible. But when you look around the league... I think there's other guys that are getting off to slow starts as well. No doubt. Um, and then I wanted to touch on this umpiring. I don't know if you – I forget. I mean, I watch – try to watch most of your post games, but I uh, 
I forget if you touched on this, how bad the umpiring was in this game. I mean, I had the whole a bunch series, of, man. The whole the series. Whole, the whole series, yeah. I had a bunch of here it is. I had a bunch of tweets that came out that I had, and this is just one of them. This was against Myers, and I, I know Myers has sucked early on, but look at this pitch. That it's not a strike, and he called it a strike. There's yeah. just so many of these instances. Uh, Jay Posner of the Union Tribune, the editor there, he was thinking about putting some screen grabs out there, and I was like, just look at my profile because I was doing it all night because it was alarming, and we're fortunate that the Padres won that game. I'm, I'm I'm saying the Potters are fortunate to get swept this series, to be honest with you. And I think from that game, we saw the, the umpiring accuracy rate was 90, 91%, which is pretty low. You're trying to look at somewhere around 98% for a good outing from an ump, except Doug Eddings, who has a little bit of a lower bar. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it sucks. I think, to be fair, um, I think that game was a little bit against the Padres. But I think it was bad umpiring overall, but I thought it was bad umpiring both ways throughout the series. Um, but – I mean, listen, we can we can be nitpicky with it. It, it. it sucks nonetheless, but I don't think that's an excuse. You know, I think we can segue into this. You want, did you want to segue into game two or did you want yeah, to? Yeah, we'll go to game two right now. Yeah, we'll Let's go to game it. two, the rest of the series, and then some other, you know, takeaways. Uh, but, cool. yeah, just getting to game two here, obviously not a whole lot here uh, in terms of Padres production. 13-2 to two, got smacked. Darvish was not good. It wasn't good from the start. It was pretty much over as it started. Yeah. Uh, gave up nine runs technically, eight runs while he was in the game. Uh, just was not sharp. And even the times when he hit his spots, there were bloopers that you know fell into left field. And so just nothing was going right. Uh, I want to kind of not take too much into it because the Arizona start, he was great. I know it's two different offenses, but that you was concerned with you. You concerned with you, Ben? A little bit, but. It's early in the season, and he he look he still looks pretty good. You know, it's not it's not like I'll say this: he was hitting some of his spots. I know a lot of it wasn't great, but I, I still want to look more on the optimistic side right sure. now. And the conditions in San Francisco just they were not great at all. I don't want to use that as an excuse because Alex Cobb looked like Cy oh, Young or Tom Seaver out there. He so, is my God. He, the movement from Alex Cobb was, was something that I've never seen anything. I mean, I know the Giants have a great pitching program. Whatever the heck they do, they have 13 coaches. I think one for each pitcher. But, I mean, Alex Cobb, it wasn't just the 96 that I haven't seen from him in like a decade. It was the movement on his pitches. I mean, use velocity was down, hovering around 92, 93 with a lack of movement. I was, uh, I was talking to an agent the other day, Ben, and what they were saying is, Velocity is not that important. Uh, well, it's very important, but the difference between Double A and the major leagues is not that they throw 100. It's the 100 with movement, right? It's the movement that is the major difference in major leagues, which is kind of why CJ struggling, not to digress. But I think with you, Darvish, is, it, it's hard not to be concerned because even dating back to last year and even dating to the Arizona game, right, the no-hit start, he wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses. He's not. He doesn't have the punch-out pitches that he once had at the beginning of 2021. And I, and I think we've had a good enough sample size at this point. I haven't taken a deeper look into kind of the RPMs um, of his pitches to start the year. I, I heard they were down. I'm talking to a few people. But what I'm more concerned about is, is the, the wipeout stuff. If he gets ahead in the count, does he have the pitch to actually get the swing and a misses versus just getting in tough battles, fouling off pitch? Because you even saw that in Arizona. Um, he only had three strikeouts. So that's a little bit of concern with me. For, for Darvish. 
Yeah, in, in spring training, he was getting more of the swing and miss stuff, but obviously that's spring training, so you don't want to put too much into that either. I guess the whole thing in here here is it is early in the season, so I don't want to put too much into it. But at the same time, when you know the first time out there, you face a division rival and a Giants team that could contend for a playoff spot this year, and you s the bed to be quite honest. Yeah, it's it's definitely not encouraging, but I don't want to totally overreact. Uh, you know, just getting more into this, obviously the big headlines in this game were, well, before the game was Gore, and we'll get to that, but during the game, obviously what happened with Mike Schilt and, you know, the Giants uh, base coach, you know, kind of it seemed like taking out of proportion what Mike Schilt said. Uh, and, you know, on ESPN today, the whole, you know, storylines and all that for people that didn't click on the article – it just wasn't a good look for ESPN and some other, you know, platforms because they were trying to say that, you know, Schilt was actually had some racial stuff going on saying to him. And that yeah. wasn't the case. They both apologized. They hugged it out today. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, but what are your thoughts, I guess, on the coach, this, the San Francisco coach actually, you know, saying that to the media before talking with Schilt. That's what it seemed like to me that they didn't talk beforehand and he just went to the media and said it instead of getting clarification. Because in my pregame show today, someone in the chat thought that the third base or the third or first base coach, whatever position he is, was taking advantage of the situation where for me, I think he was just spreading awareness that, hey, look, you know, people uh, that aren't of color they need to, you know, have awareness of how other people of color see things. I think that's all he was saying. Yeah. I Listen, I think it's relationships 101 here. I think whenever there's a disagreement or you're on, you're not on the same page, especially if you have people with a platform and, you know, major league baseball assistant coaches may not just, you know, or base coaches may not be known with the massive platform, but you still have a big impact in the community. And I, and I really think, as I said, it's relationships one-on-one. You don't go to the media. You don't go to the public until you get on that same page. And while it was good that they made dues today, the damage was kind of already done, right? And then Mike Schultz kind of had to sweat this one out and kind of, you know, get out of this and for something that, you know, wasn't even a wrongdoing. So I don't know. Um, I, 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 and I And I understand the Giants coach did it all out of good faith, right? He is trying to spread awareness. It is a very important time for all communities to be treated equally. Um, that's very important, especially in the current climate of our country. But it's also important to be fair, right? And it's important to kind of handle it in a mature manner. And I don't think it was quite handled in the most mature manner, even though it was in best faith. So um, it is what it is. Move on. They they engaged. We're all good to go. And I don't think it should be a bigger story than it is. Yeah. I appreciate your comment, JDS3rd. Uh, I like having Hog on. I hope JD. Uh, you guys are, you know, appreciating this kind of collaboration here. Um, both really passionate Padre fans here, me and Hog. So hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, getting to Austin Adams, he obviously led with forearm, forearm tightness. That was not great to see. And then you have Lamette come in, who also has dealt with injuries. Uh, so that wasn't that. That definitely was some uneasiness that yeah. was inside me during that time. Uh, but. Your thoughts on Austin Adams with that forearm tightness? Whenever that happens, that that's a red flag for me. And if he's out, I know he wasn't having a huge impact this year to start out. It was, you know, Taylor Rogers, Pierce Johnson, Stephen Wilson, you know. But 
when Austin Adams is on, he's not hitting a million guys and not setting records. He has strikeout stuff. He does. Yeah, it's – listen, you need as, – as angry as you may get with Austin Adams, you need every single piece in this bullpen. I mean, I mean, look at the significance of that Chris Paddock trade immediately getting Taylor Rodgers. We're relying on him day in and day out. And listen, the bullpen – the lack of bullpen depth, especially with, uh, you know, Pommy going to be out, Luis Garcia still rehabbing, it, it, it's going to start taxing the team. Remember, we always talked about this on my channel back in April, May. You know, the starters were good in the first half, but they couldn't go deep into games. The bullpen was fantastic, and they were able to hold it down. But again, guys, the season's a marathon. The bullpen can only hold it down for two months before they start getting taxed. So if the starters are getting hurt and the bullpen guys are getting hurt, that's a recipe for failure. And you saw that in the collapse last year when we were going to war with Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta every fifth day. And you know how that went, right? It was 7-0 after one. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to get that bad this year. We have a lot of great pitching depth. But I don't think this bullpen is, is, in as, in, is as good as a situation as we think it is and even going into the year. Getting Taylor Rogers was great. Getting Pomeranz back in a month or so is going to be great. Probably they're going to get Morahone back, who's going to be kind of a stretch guy in the bullpen. But I still think they need an, an arm or two to, 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 to shore up in this bullpen because um, with Adams going down, it, it hurts. But you have to assume that there are going to be guys who get hurt in this bullpen. And you're going to also have to assume that some of these guys won't work out. You know, I'm not saying Robert Suarez isn't going to work out. But right now, I mean, your confidence level can't be too high on him. You just DFA'd uh, Javi Guerra. They got the guy from the Angels. We'll see how that goes. But they're kind of nitpicking now, kind of in the bottom rungs of that bullpen. And every big-time team in October and early November, they have prolific, they have stealthy, and they have fantastic bullpens. And right now, I don't know if the Padres do. Yeah, and, you know, with the Austin Adams point, I think Kevin Copps can come up at some point this year. I had him on my show during the offseason, during the lockout. I saw he was that. Saying, That's good stuff. He, he was saying that his goal is to have a, a significant impact on this team this year, and I think he can do that. I believe he's in double-A right now. Um, and so – the way things are going, I agree that the bullpen's not looking great. I was on uh, the wrap-up show with John and Jim last night, and they were asking me about the bullpen. And I flat-out asked them this, and I'll ask you the same question. Like, who do you trust right now? And that proves mm -hmm. your point. Like, right now, for me, it's Pierce Johnson, it's Taylor Rogers, and it's Stephen Wilson, to be honest. Those I don't three... trust Pierce. I have never no? have. I never have. It's... Okay. Go, go ahead and go ahead and I'll get to my point. No, it's those it's those three because yeah. I'm not going to trust Lamette yet. I'm not trusting Suarez, obviously. Garcia's not even on the roster right now. He's in Lake Elsinore. Uh, and so it, there's just, you know, Tim Hill's more of a matchup guy. Stammon, he's just getting older. And then, you know, that ball was probably gone at Petco. That Profar made a great catch the other night. He hasn't gotten off to a great start, obviously, on opening day. You know, served up that homer to Seth Beer. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, go go ahead with your thoughts on the bullpen. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I mean, Pierce got out of that jam in the eighth, but I mean, for him, his his controls always concern me a little bit, especially with his with his two seamer. And when it kind of goes south, which it has a lot in the past, he relies heavy on that breaking ball, which I've noticed he hangs it a good bit a lot. I just don't I don't have that reassurance when I watch like Taylor Rogers. I'm confident, like, okay. This guy's going to shut the door. And if he doesn't, it's a fluke. But with Pierce, I feel like I always have to sweat it out. It's more of a feeling thing for me, right? With anything on your reliance on the bullpen. Um, but Taylor Rogers number is is the number one guy. And I mean, heck, I mean, I know Steven Wilson had that wild pitch, but he's looked – this is no bias just because, like, he's come on the channel and I've talked to him a good bit. 
I mean, today he was dominant, right? I mean, five strikeouts, six guys, one, two, three, one, two, three, worked fast. The slider had bite to it. The fastball was humping up to 96, 97. I know he was talking about developing that third pitch changeup, which he's starting to kind of work in his repertoire a little more. But those are the two guys right now. But again, Ben, I think we have to remember it's been seven games, right? It's been seven games. I kind of my my decision point of when I want to start analyzing trends, it's kind of game 20 is when I start, okay, actually noticing, okay, this player's doing this well, not doing this well. It's still so early, right? With CJ Abrams, everyone's hitting the panic button. I think he's had 17 at bats and he's not playing every, he's playing every other day for the most part, which is a big problem for development of young guys, right? You know, I, 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 we'll get into Gore, but I, I think it's, um, I think right now for me, it's Steven Wilson and it's Taylor Rogers. Which is which is not much, man. Which is not much. Yeah, um, you know, another guy in the bullpen the other night was Will Myers. Uh, great pace of play there. Uh, I mean, that was an amazing moment. That, nice suck, guy. Just pretty much stayed <laughs> off. Yeah, you know, just stayed off my bed. Pretty much, just watch the game because yeah. uh, you felt like that was going to happen, right? You felt like a position player was going to get in there because of how lopsided it was from ten minutes into the game. Uh, I wish the pace of play was like that every game with Will yeah. on the mound like that. I mean, today's game was pretty dang quick. I It was more than dang quick. I thought I was, we were going to get a record there, man. I mean, we were – I think that thing ended around three, and it started at two, four, 12, four, two hours, 15 minutes. So it was, it was a fast one. Yeah, and part of it was because the Padres didn't have much, you know, hitting. Uh, but getting to Gore, obviously, he was in the locker room the other day. On the taxi squad right now, there's reports that he's expected to start Friday. Snell probably going to go on the IL tomorrow. What should we expect out of Gore? You like to call him DeGore. I, you know, I'm chilling out on that right now. I, I love what I'm seeing. Um, but what, what should we expect out of Gore? I think he went, what, five innings, five shutout innings, his first minor league start. So I think five innings, maybe six innings could happen. But again, Triple-A is a lot different than the Atlanta Braves lineup. I'm actually going to go a lot lower than you. Look for about three innings from Gore on his major league debut. So kind of with these young pitchers and kind of who I, I've been talking to a good bit of people close to the situation about kind of what they're thinking to do with him. With McKenzie, the target's like three, four innings right now because you want young pitchers, especially top prospects, young starting pitchers, to build off things. So if he has, for example, a three-inning outing of no-run ball, you want to cut it. You want to be done. You want him to build off of that. You don't want to risk any any harm in that first outing versus if he if he has his outing and he has a kind of a roughed up second inning, you want to throw him out there so he can, you know, so he can recover early in his outing. So what I've heard is that they're going to look three, maybe four innings from Gore because you really want to take it slow. You really want to have a small sample size that he can build off of because this game's mental, right? If CJ goes 0 for 4 and he's not playing the next day, he's thinking about those at-bats in the dugout watching a baseball game, right? He's not locked in. But, I mean, with McKenzie, you saw us starting in El Paso against Round Rock. I mean, the slurve looks great. I mean, that slurve looks lethal right now, man. Um, his fastball is hitting 97. Probably look to see him hit 99 a few times in the first inning of his major league debut just because of adrenaline and whatnot. He'll be calmed down. I think, you know, he's going to be caught by Alfaro, who's kind of, you know, when you're a young pitcher like that, it's the catcher taking the lead. It's just up to the pitcher to hit your spots, but it's the catcher kind of taking demand of all the sequencing. And I think they trust Alfaro to kind of be the guy for Mackenzie Gormis. Listen, I mean, it's so exciting. I'm coming home from LA tomorrow and I'm just 
trying to find a good deal for Friday. I have to go to that, right? It would be one of the most anticipated debuts. And I want to go to Petco Park, man. I miss it there. So I'm trying to go on Friday. I know you're in New York. And uh, I, hopefully in the summer you can come out to some games. But it's uh, – I'll be back man. in the summer, yep. Man, I need to go on Friday. I'm going to find a way. And I'm, I'm, I'm picky. I love sitting in that Toyota Terrace. So I'm trying to get a good deal. <laughs> Oh, so you're a you're a bougie guy, yeah. So okay, I uh, come on. Two, 201, 202, 203. My one of my lifelong buddies got four season tickets at the Terrace, but I he he's going with the family that day. But uh, man, I love the Terrace. Fordham Brew right next to it too. Get my sandwich. Go to the Terrace. Man. Good segue. Uh, this episode sponsored by Gaglione Bros. Famous cheesesteaks and subs. Visit gaglionebros.com to view their entire menu, their locations, Point Loma. Uh, Mission Gorge and inside Petco Park starting tomorrow. Oh, what? Great, to, great to say starting tomorrow. Um, you know, they've obviously been there for years, but uh, multiple locations, uh, gaglonbros.com be their entire menu. Great cheesesteaks and garlic fries uh, to watch Joe Musgrove pitch tomorrow. Um, getting back to that Mackenzie Gore point, you say, you know, three, four innings. My argument to that is if he is already going five innings in triple A, then what's why would you? I understand you know building confidence going three four innings, but if he's already built up the five, why would you not at least try to have him go five if he's pitching well because he's already built up to that point? Like yeah. at what point are you sacrificing the bullpen for the rest of the series just because you want Gore to have confidence when he's built up to a certain point? If you get what I'm you know trying to say there. No, I do. I just think it's every every inning you throw him out there, the risk increases of something bad happening and he having to wait five days. It's not like a Robert Suarez situation where he gets blown up. Bob Melvin can try and get him out there immediately. I think the mental development of these young starting pitchers, Ben, is so important and it's so much more important than we think. I think the mental development and confidence levels and the mental aspect of baseball is so much more important than we think. Like, for example, Ben, what they're doing to CJ Abrams right now is tormenting. It's tough to watch Mm -hmm. because – they're not finding a way to play him every day. And I'm full proponent. I'm not trying to digress from Gore, but I'm a full proponent of sending him down to AAA if he can play every day. If he can play every day. They need to play every day. So with someone like Gore who we can't play every day, I just want to see it. I want to see it. And then for start number two, number three, you can keep tacking on if it's going well. You just have to take it slow. But I totally understand your point of throwing him out there for five. because But then it gets greedy, right? If he has a good fourth, oh, I want a good fifth. If he has a good fifth, I want a good sixth. So it's just kind of knowing where to stop it. It's his first major league start. And obviously his arm can go 100 pitches, but can his mind, you know, keep progressing? That, that, that That's really it on my end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Um, what I would say to that is we do have a previous example with Ryan Weathers. Obviously, and I, I'm counting it more towards, obviously, in the postseason he came in, pitched well sure. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Then in 2021 against the Dodgers, pitched well coming up. And that's his actual rookie year. Um, and so we've had success with that of having young guys not sure if they're like ready, ready, come up, pitch well. And you can't tell me that that didn't help the development, you know, going forward. I know that he's now in AAA and sending him down last year when they're sent, when Jace tried to say that they're trying to save innings when he was throwing innings then, which made no sense. So the development, it's been up and down with him. But that's just another, that's a recent example of how that has helped the Padres in terms of bringing a guy up and just throwing him out there. And if he has success, that I think that helps further along, you know, his development. Um, 
getting to Wednesday's game, lost two to one, uh, third this loss of the year. Man. This yeah. one hurt. Oh, yeah. I'm pissed. Padres fans, I'm pissed. Uh, yeah. Manaya, I mean, he pitched good again. Quality start. Six innings. Yeah, Sean Diego. Six innings, two earned runs, four hits, only walked two. Didn't give up any home runs. Has a 1-3-8 ERA, six strikeouts. Uh, Luke Williams was the only really one that got him, right, with that double. Uh, he looks like Khalil Green, by the way. He does, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah. But Logan Webb, I mean, that's part of the reason why. I mean, the offense You see my tweet great. today, Ben, about Logan Webb? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'd, I'd go more towards – I don't know Bueller. why, but I, I – yeah, Bueller. I'd still lean more towards Corbin Burns as well. Sure. Uh, but that's that's just my initial reaction there. But I could see Logan Webb, yeah. I think he has more upside than Rodon, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But, He's yeah, Webb, I mean, eight innings, 86 pitches through seven. Yeah, he was really good. One earned run, four hits, didn't walk anyone. Again, no walks really helps as well. Seven strikeouts. I mean, that's a big part. But at the same time, there were also times where the offense just – couldn't produce in the ninth inning. They got something going right. Hosmer put together his best at bat of the Shut season. Up, Hos, man. Yeah. I mean, people can hate on him, but he, he put together a great at bat there. They were scared to pitch to Profar. You know, I'm running that hashtag now on Twitter, MVP Rofar, because uh, I mean, they're scared. They hit him. Uh, and then Matt Beatty comes up. I like that because Will's lost at the plate right now. So I, I like that decision. I was fine yeah. with that. And, but in my mind, you know, right when Beatty barely missed a double oh. that would have gave him the lead because there was the bases loaded there, I knew that they weren't winning. You know, next pitch strikes out, game over, Padres lose the series. That's just the way it goes, you know. When Man. you're that close, that was the pitch. That was the pitch. And Man. He yeah, Cam Camilo Duvall's slider. Camilo Duvall's slider is just unbelievable. Like, he's another good arm. You know, they, they've got in San Francisco. I mean, he just pumps up gas and then has a devastating slider. I mean, listen, it's just, the offense is – I know people in my Discord have been – this is like beating the head for just been complaining about the lack of slugging and the lack of offense. We knew – we knew that this team wasn't going to slug. We knew they weren't going to at least be in the top 10, top 15 of slugging. When you look at the MLB playoffs last year, there's only one team who was outside the top 10 in slugging that made the postseason. That was the Chicago White Sox. Um so, I mean, if you, if you look at this lineup top to bottom, I think, you know, I tweeted about something you know, we're, we're hammering Will Myers, but I mean, Trent Grisham for me has been the biggest disappointment so far this year. It's, it's not even Will Myers. You know, Trent Grisham, he comes off um, a, a great 2020, um, has the gold glove, looked really comfortable offensively. The 2021, he looked really strong. Then he had the heel bruise, kind of when he sees himself. This was a make it or break it year, right? The team offered him an extension after 2020 and he turned it down. Thank God for the pod raise. It seems like right now, but I mean, with Trent Grisham, Ben, he's hitting lead off, right? Lead off guys need to set the tone. They need to get on base somehow, some way. And right now it's not even the O for fours every day. It's the quality of his at bats, right? He goes down O2 all the time. It's a lot of strikeouts. So that's been a big concern for me. I think Jake Cronenworth and Manny are going to be okay. Jake's already heating up, man. Jake is so good. He is so good. Um, just kind of looking at this lineup top to bottom. Um, Will's been really struggling, but what are you going to do? You're going to play CJ and Wright? Not at 18, not at Oracle Park, not at, not at Chase Field. Maybe at Petco they start experimenting with that, right? But, I, I mean, I don't know. For me, Ben, I want to hear your thoughts on Grisham because 
That's my biggest concern right now because not only he's a concern, but Ben, there's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing they can do about it. He is locked in where he's playing, and they just better hope he's good because if he's not, he's not. And right now, Jerickson Profar has been the best outfielder for the San Diego Padres. And, folks, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Yeah, and uh, I bring up this comment here from JDS Third. He's talking about the interview I had with Mad Dog uh, earlier this offseason. And he, I asked him, I went toe-to-toe with him. He didn't agree with some of the points I had. But his, he said Padres needed pitching, pitching, pitching. And right now, uh, I argued then, and I'll argue now, well, no, they need offense. You know, uh, pitching is obviously great, but the offense, it needs to be better. It just does. And you make a good point with Grisham, and I'll kind of expand on that with Grisham. I think what I would disagree with is while he is getting down 0-2, I, I do understand that. But if we're comparing him and Myers, Grisham's having the better at-bats. Myers just looks lost. I mean, earlier today, Mud. Mud even said it on the broadcast. There was a pitch down the middle. He was probably expecting fastball, but you're still a major league hitter. It was down the middle, and he just didn't swing. He, it looked like he wasn't even going to swing. Even Bob just, Melvin said in, like, the post game, if, if Will was swinging good, it'd be a different story, like a little jab at Will, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think with Grisham, I'm more optimistic with him than Myers, obviously. Uh, but – with the lineup, you know, you mentioned him batting leadoff. What else are they going to do? That's That would be my question to you right CJ? now. CJ, he also looks lost at the plate a little bit. But maybe you make a switch. Maybe you, you give it one more shot with CJ and you give him four or five starts in a row. You have him hitting leadoff and, and see if that can get him going. If not, you send him down. But 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 that but that's the risk, right, of calling somebody up prematurely potentially. I mean, I don't know. It's still very early, but – I, I think the biggest thing, Ben, is with these lineups is you you ideally don't want to move them around, right? You ideally want to find consistency in the lineup. Um, with Nola, you know, I kind of like Nola hitting second in the lineup um, when, when he's there, right? So I don't know, man. These are these. Thank God these are not our decisions right now because, you know, Bob Melvin's sweating it out. But I, when you when you heard his tone in the post game, he didn't seem too concerned. He's like, you know, this offense hasn't hit their stride yet. Maybe they just need to get back to the gas tank and play around the Friar faithful to get them going because it just takes a few games to get any offense going, you know, and I just hope, I hope they can start hitting home runs. You know, speaking of home runs real quick, I know I'm, I'm rambling, but with Luke Voigt, people keep complaining. He's not hitting them out. Listen, I thought he didn't, he wasn't great today, but I mean, if they're not going to throw him strikes, I mean, stop, stop complaining about him getting on base all the time. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. it's dumb. It's dumb. I, I see it way too much. Like, the dude's walked, I think, the most times in Major League Baseball. You're going to get mad at him for not hitting pitches a feet out the zone over over in the McCovey Cove? Like, come on, everybody, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have I said this on the pregame show yesterday or the other day. Look, Voight, you can't complain. He's walking. He's taking his pitches. Did he – he had a hit today, right? No, he was – It was a lineout. It was a lineout. They had so many lineouts today. That's yeah. what I would – but, but um, just back to the point with the offense – Hosmer, Profar, they're playing better than obviously we expected. Or, yeah, yeah. I expected Hosmer to play like this in April. That's what he does. And what do you think of those fans that try to say that me or that other fans, maybe they some have said it to you, that have bashed Hosmer in the past and we're praising him now and they're saying that you can't do that. Uh, we're being a Padre fan. We're being loyal. We're being loyal to the team not to Eric Hosmer. 
we're being loyal to the team's success, not to any particular player. I do the same thing if it was Tatis. I got on Tatis a little bit at the beginning of last year because he was not playing as well as he should have. It's just you got to do what's best for the team's success, not any one player. You can't look at the salaries, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, we get on Manny all the time too, everybody, for his slow starts. Like it's, it's, we're, we're, Ben made a great point. We're rooting for the team's success. And, and usually good players, we root for them because they are contributing a lot to the team's success. So if someone like Eric Cosmer is playing well, then we had a reason to bash this guy. I mean, he was the worst defensive first baseman in all of baseball after winning gold gloves in Kansas City, compounded with the fact that he had zero launch angle, literally zero. He had a negative launch angle one year, mm-hmm. which. Go figure, mathematicians. So, I mean, the, the, the numbers don't lie. But but right now, I mean, that at-bat he had today against Dubon, like, was it was an awesome at-bat. I mean, it was down one, two in the count, fouling off pitches, taking those tough sliders. I mean, some of those takes were unbelievable. Like, that's how you know he's comfortable at the plate. And, Chad, do you guys want the Padres to win? I certainly do. This is why we want him in the lineup right now. So, of course, we've bashed him in the past, and a lot of it was, quite frankly, rightfully so. Right now, Will Myers – is getting bashed because, quite frankly, it's rightfully so. I mean, he's, he's he's playing awful. Some people don't think he hit good in San Antonio right now. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is, man. You know, anything, any good offense that we can get. Well, how many home runs does this team have, Ben? Four? I think two. Four. Two from yep. Profar, one from uh, Nola. Nola, Nola, and then Alfaro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shoot. Go figure, guys. Go figure. Hopefully that comes around. But that's it on Eric Hosmer. I mean, Guys, we just want this team to win like more than anybody. I mean, all of you guys want this team to win. You know, if my if I was Nick Wright on Fox Sports One, I, I'd be making sure I hedge my bets in the right place. But I'm not. I'm a Padre fan. I like covering the team, but I'm not going to be anti Nikola Jokic because that's my image now and that's my reputation. No. So. No. Yeah, I agree. Uh, getting here, I wanted to touch on Paddock here. Obviously, he had his comments about UPS and all that. I think. <laughs> I was rooting for him today, uh, you know, playing the Dodgers. Uh, but here's how that worked out. Not great. Here's some paddock. I mean, he struggled early on. There's Justin Turner with two RBI single. Uh, he gave a couple doubles. I think one to Freeman, one to Betts. Not a surprise. Just leaving fastballs over the middle of the plate. Uh, Kershaw, I mean, wow. He, yeah. he pitched really well, you know. I don't want to get too much into Kershaw because this is Padres, but uh, I mean, I understand where Melvin was coming from with Manaya and Darvish with the no hitters, but I don't understand with Dave Roberts. I mean, you have him on a one-year contract and he's 80 pitches in a perfect game. I think you let him go, but it seemed like Kershaw was fine with it, but uh, he's going to say that to the media. I, I truly want to know if he was actually fine with it, you know, if you'll never lie detector test, you know? Yeah, you'll never know. I mean, it's early in the season, right? You don't want to push these guys um, really early in the season. You know the whole cliche. We, we need them in October, right? We don't need them in April. I mean, we need them, but you don't want, you don't want to push them. So I get it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Chris Paddock, uh, Preller hit, hit the eject button at, at the right time. Here. I think too many people look into, like, these trade values, like, on these websites, like, 22 for 10. Oh, just think about it. Like, Chris Paddock's having the elbow issues. There's no room for him in this rotation. You can't put him in AAA. His fastball movement has gone down. His changeup isn't as unhittable as it was in 2018, 2019. He, he, he did awesome. It was awesome to get rid of him. Maybe people thought they could have got more than Taylor Rogers. I mean, look what Taylor Rogers has done for this team. They've won this team two out of his four games, maybe three out of the four games. So, no, yeah, they Ken, got rid of him at the right Ken time. Ken Rosenthal said today, 
uh, in the athletic. I don't know if you saw this. He said that the Padres preferred Paddock for Rogers straight up, but that the twins wanted Pagan with it. So if the Padres got their way, they would have still had Pagan here with just Paddock gone, and they still would have had Taylor Rogers. Like, imagine what that would have been. I know. Also, Pagan... to show you that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it also goes to show you that like they would do anything to get rid of Paddock. I mean, they'd throw him for gone because there was, there was literally no room for him on the roster. There was no room for him on the roster. He wasn't going to be a stretch guy. And I honestly think the same thing could potentially happen to Weathers and can't be a little, little, little combo package, but stay tuned. Yeah. I just, I just wonder what they'd get back with that. Yeah. Um, but Oriano, yeah. Oriano from Oakland. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he'd play center and then. Yeah. He, so he'd play, he'd play center, and then would Grisham be in right? Yeah, I mean, you, can move, you can move Grisham in right, but, I mean, you can put Loriano in left. I mean, there's no there's no yeah. need there's no need to – I mean, i got to see the defense of Trent Grisham. I mean, he, there's nothing telling me right now that he's the anchor of this center field that he once was. So, I mean, that's, that's a whole other discussion for later. But time will tell, man, with this team. Yeah. All right. Real quick, just get to this Braves Padres series real quick. Um, yeah. You know, we got Musgrove tomorrow. I'm excited for that. He goes up against Charlie Morton. That's at 5-10. 640 on Friday, Mackenzie Gore against Kyle Wright. Nick Martinez on Saturday against Ian Anderson. That one's on FS1. ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, uh, Darvish uh, against Yanoa. Uh, what are you expecting out of this series? It's going to be a measuring stick series Otters better than I think – than the Giants, you know? Yeah, we're going to sweep them. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I I really have no idea what to tell you, what, what to expect. Um, if, if you were to say right now, Ben, would you take a split? I, I, I think you'd reluctantly say yes, right? Yeah. Uh, do I want three out of four? Yeah. Do I think the likelihood of taking one out of four is higher than taking three out of four? I don't want to be a pessimist, but – a little bit. I think the Braves are the second best team in the National League. I mean, they're loaded. Thank God we don't have to see Max Freed. Charlie Morton is probably their best starter. It's either him or Freed. I know the last guy you know has been struggling uh, for the last few years. That's one that you need to get um, on Sunday night. Um, but I mean, listen, we're, we're a good team too. Like we should not be taking ourselves lightly. Like we should be going to battle with these teams and we should be winning some of these. Right. So, I mean, I'm just excited as a fan to see Petco in the environment. I mean, you, you take a look at some good organizations too, like St. Louis, they're not filling up their stadiums, right? Like Petco, we want this so badly. Like there's not a better environment right now in baseball than San Diego. I promise you guys that. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be electric and, and and the city knows and the Padres know that there's no environment like it with, with, with these ticket prices, man. My goodness, my goodness. But I mean, people are going to go, they're going to sell it out. I, I think they're going to sell it this whole series. So good, good on you. Good on you. Yeah, I, I, it seems like it. They have yeah. the most season ticket holders ever. My family has season tickets. So, yeah, they're they're going Friday uh, for Gore and Thursday because all the season ticket holders get, you know, opening day. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a good series. And then Cincinnati, hopefully, if they split with Atlanta, you'd like for them to sweep Cincinnati. I just don't um, want to see Hunter Green. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Do they miss him? I, I don't know. They might miss him. Um, that guy is that guy is nuts. I don't want to see that guy. I don't want to see a hundred and one, and I don't want to see ninety two with the slider. For he was kind of like he was kind of like Gore. Like he, it seemed like he took a while to get up. He did. Yeah, he's he's man, his stuff is unbelievable. Yeah, because he was a two way player, I think at once, right? He and was, then the Reds yeah. converted him. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
Just getting through the comments, I did see one question real quick before we get out of here. Sure. Uh, I believe it was on Preller. Uh, I think I, it was something about on the hot seat, I think. Let me see here. I think this one. Uh, is it time for AJ to be placed on the hot seat and stop revering him? Worst $200 million roster in Major League Baseball. Look, I'm sure you'll say this too. I think he should be on the hot seat, but I don't think he is because Peter Seidler loves him. He is committed to him. He continues to say he's committed to him. And he literally, and this pissed me off, he said before the season that they don't feel like they're in, oh, we must win right now mode. Like, okay, then what the heck are we doing here with getting Bob Melvin and bringing in, you know, having Gore up this early and having Abrams up this early and bringing in all these guys and Voight and Manaya. What is the, on Manaya on a one-year contract, by the way, a bunch of guys. What's the point in doing that if you're not trying to win right now? So AJ should be on the hot seat. Yeah, they're they're not going to get rid of him. Just because of all the resources they put into him, um, the hundreds of millions of dollars they've spent in his choices in the international signing period, like from top to bottom, this is Feller's organization. If this team was rebuilding, then you could argue about making a change, but they're not rebuilding. They're going all in. All chips are at the front of the table. So you stripping down A.J. Preller from his duties, you're basically stripping down top to bottom of your organizational ideals, your methodologies, your analytics. You're starting from scratch. You're getting your own farm guys, whoever it is, kind of what Preller did, right? He went all in in 2015. He said it didn't work out. I want my own guys. You're going to have to do that again. And then you're scrapping up, you know, Machado, who's in his prime. Hosmer's kind of in the back end. Tatis is going to start entering his prime. Some of these these rotation guys, Snell's going to enter his 30s. Manaya's in entering. Like, it, you just can't do it as much as it is. Like, it is what it is, Potters fans, with A.J. Preller. And as much as he's been scrutinized, rightfully so, you better hope it happens with him or else it ain't going to happen probably for another two decades. So it is what it is. I, 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 think, it's a, I think it's an entertaining topic of discussion but I don't think it's one that you should get worked up for because I quite frankly don't think it is smart to get rid of AJ Preller with where the current organization is right now. They just can't, they, they can't, even though he's probably not the best man for fit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All yeah. right. This has been fun. Episode 148 talking fires podcast and YouTube show, Ben Fadden hog. I have pregame shows before every game. Hog has postgame shows after every game. So this duo, we got you guys set. Uh, thank you so much hog for joining. Yes, sir, man. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Keep up the great work. You're killing it. You're the man who never sleeps, man. In New York, just grinding and, and keep living the dream, man, because you're, you're going to do some big things in this world, man. Keep doing it. Thank you so much. Everyone, have a good night. Stay safe. Go Padres.